Yes, today we celebrate the feast of Christ the King, but many people in our world want to eliminate Christ and religion from our lives. And the great irony on the cross exists in today's world as well. All those people who clamor for the separation of church and state rejoice when those, that same state passes laws against family, marriage, respect for life, in our faith itself. They don't want any part of that in our lives, in our society. We all have a crucifix, either in our home or in our pocket, purse, or car. And the inscription on that crucifix says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And yet on that faithful day on Calvary on Good Friday, very few people believed in that statement that Jesus was the King of the Jews. John the Apostle, the holy women, and the soldier who pierced Jesus' side at the end. Yes, they believed that Jesus was a king. But there was one more person that also believed at the end of his life. We call him the good thief, or more appropriately, the repentant thief. And he had that deathbed conversion. And so he experienced what Jesus wants all of us to experience, life with him in paradise. If you had no idea of faith or Christianity or religion, it, you would be hard-pressed to recognize that the man in the second reading that was talked about, the God and the creator of the world, is the same person who hung on the cross. The circumstances are different, but the God is the same, the one God who saved us all. In the first reading, the Jews asked for a king, and King David was the leader of the people. He treated the people fairly, and from the time he slayed Goliath and through most of his life, he was the leader at peace and at war. But kings today aren't quite the same. They sit on royal thrones. Um, they lavish in their riches. They don't lead people in times of war. They conquer people and conquer lands. But Jesus is a different kind of a king. He conquers our hearts. He shows us love and service. And he leads us in battle. He leads us in battle against the enemy. And he even dies for us. In the 1927 silent film called The King of Kings, it was produced and written by Cecil B. DeMille. And he received the most wonderful compliment when a lady who was on her deathbed wrote him a letter and said, Dear sir, thank you. Thank you for the movie the King of Kings, for I was ready to, I'm ready to face death in a few days, and death looked like terror to me. But now, having seen your movie, I wait in glorious expectation of my death, just like the good thief who was going to be welcomed into paradise. And so, yes, we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, and if, by hanging on the cross, if he would have come down, he would have shown us his power, not his love. But by staying on the cross and dying for us, we saw his unconditional love, for we know that life is not about power or wealth. It's truly about love. Yes, by hanging on the cross, Jesus was not justified to be king. But by hang, and by our standards, he was a complete failure. But God doesn't go by our standards, we know that. We know that he is an all-loving, all-forgiving, and all-merciful God. 
And that's the king that we want to follow. That's the king that we want to stand up for when nobody else on that Good Friday stood up for Jesus. We want to be there for him to profess our faith, not be ashamed of our faith. Many institutions and most parishes in the Catholic Church have a mission statement and that tells about their goal and their purpose and what they want to accomplish. But have you ever thought of having a personal mission statement? One of the well-known apologists in our country, Patrick Madrid, gave a talk one time, and the title of his talk, I, can be, I am Catholic when I could be anything else. And at the end of the talk, he read a mission statement that he adopted for himself. And as we get to the end of this church year, and we start a new church year next Sunday with the first Sunday of Advent, you might want to consider sharing in that mission statement. And I'd like to share that with you it's called The Fellowship of the Unashamed, and the author is unknown, so we're not copying anybody per se. It goes like this. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I have stepped over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is in God's hands. I am finished and done with low living, small planning, the bare minimum, smooth knees, mundane talking, frivolous living, selfish giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be first right, the best, recognized, praise, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I love with patience, live by prayer, and labor with the power of God's grace. My face is set, my gate is fast, and my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few. My guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, or slow up, until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and spoken up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I am a Catholic. I must go until he comes, give until I drop, speak out until all know, and work until he stops me. And when he returns for his own, he will have no difficulty recognizing me. My banner is clear. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. So as we end this liturgical year, we pray for the humility to accept Jesus on the cross, to accept him as our King and Savior, for the cross is the most powerful pulpit there ever was.